Ross cares about the church community and how they partner with you to help you have a better Sunday. Ross Video is an industry leader in production technology, and they make things like routing systems, production switchers, video servers for recording and playback, beautiful robotic camera systems, and the industry-leading live graphics platform expression. We all know that our church services happen because of our amazing volunteers and the help that they provide. Ross Video knows this as well, which is why they care not only about creating robust hardware, but also incredible user experiences that lower the learning curve for your volunteers and help them operate the equipment with confidence. We encourage you to go check out more about Ross by visiting rossvideo.com slash worship. And while you're there, click play on the amazing story of how Ross Video partnered with Times Square Church to help them take their production to the next level. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 139 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom. And at long last, I am back with my long-lost co-host, Jay Desai, Dadu Worldwide himself. How you doing, buddy? Man, I have been found. I was lost, but then I was found. It's Palm Sunday today, so it is a good time to be found. Um, Episode 139, holy cow. Yeah, man. In honor of your, of your 139th year on Earth, we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't missed if, that, have you? <laughs> listen. It feels like it sometimes. I'm telling you, it's been a, uh, it's it's been a journey. You and I have both been on the road a bunch. I so feel like I've been chasing you, or you've been chasing me, because yeah, exactly. a lot of the churches I went to, uh, you were headed to, or just left. Well, it's funny because I was. Um, you'll appreciate this. I was in a church. One, I guess it was maybe the first week of our tour. I was in a church in the lobby men's restroom, standing at the urinal. And there's an ad for your tour coming. And I thought, you know what? There's no better place for me to know that Jay Desai <laughs> is coming. Uh, it was great. So, yeah, so good. Yeah. But um, we've both been on the road. So I've, of course, been out with the Tomlin crew. And we're uh, more than halfway through our stretch. I think we have uh, basically 12 more shows for the spring run. And you've been out with Bob Goff himself. Yeah. And I know that that has been different from what I'm doing, but really unique and great in its own way, I'm sure. So tell everybody about your tour, because it's it's a little different. It's it not- is. Uh, I, I called it a variety show, um, because in most instances, people have seen Bob at a conference or right. at a like a special event, or he spoke on a Sunday or something, and they're like, Bob Goff tour, they just think it's like a book tour, circuit tour. But we actually had um, Maria, his wife, sweet Maria, with us. And she shared a little bit. And then we had Megan Tibbetts, who is this wonderful musician, plays harp and guitar, and the girl can straight sing. And uh, an MC slash illusionist, uh, magic is what we really call it, but in church you have to call it illusionist. <laughs> he would tell you, think Narnia, less Harry Potter, think more Narnia. But uh, there um, you go. Taylor Hughes, who's a dear friend, so it, it was it worked out. And, and then Bob, really talented, he's yeah, he's really good, super talented, and yeah, he's got a long history of working at a church, and so uh, he fits the bill perfectly. And, and Megan, I mean, if you, the girl, I could just hear her sing "Walking Around the Bus" or "The Green Room" or something. You can naturally just sing. She plays harp, which is pretty awesome too. That's cool. Yeah, and then her husband Teddy, soon to be husband, sorry, not married yet. 
Uh, Teddy plays for Andy Grammer. Oh, um, nice. And has been in the music world, so uh, blah, blah. Uh, super awesome. But it was a, kind of a collaborative night. Bob's uh, MO, and if you've read any of his books, is he is trying to encourage people to love everyone around him. Like, yeah. He's not trying to be, he will say, I mean, we don't have to go down this road, but he would say, I'm not light on theology, or I'm not being light on theology. That's all there. He's just like, we got to love people. And he's the king of it. His number is in the back of his book. Three and a half yep. million of those books are out there. And no kidding, 100 plus calls a day. And he tries to answer everyone. If he's not on stage or already on another call, he will try answer. I've seen him answer it on stage too. People are That's obviously crazy. weird. People are just weird. Like, let's just go ahead and say that. Don't be weird, but. Yeah, exactly. He thinks the best thing we can do, one of the best things we can do is just be available. And I love that. That attitude and perspective is contagious. I mean, anybody who's heard him speak or even reading his books, you get this feeling that, like, this guy's heart is just wide open for people. And it really is so compelling. It's like, I want to I be like that. You know, I want to be yeah, it was, that, that it was open and available. Great. Well, and, and we did this tour, and then a couple times we stopped in for some private events, like in the morning of a show day. Like he's very available um, for corporate things. Like so, he's speaking to corporate organizations uh, that are non faith based, just about inspiring them and hope and leadership and some of the things he's been doing around the world. And uh, they just opened a women's house in uh, San Diego for. Uh, moms with newborns and stuff. So he's doing amazing things. But yeah, I, that's cool. Uh, we did this tour last year, and I didn't carry a rig with me. And I think you will understand why I did this year. Is I've got yeah. So you sh- you you sent me a picture. Oh, I did. And cool. I was fascinated by it. So you need to tell everybody what you're doing because it was one of the coolest like applications for LV1 that I've seen. Because most people think, okay, you're you're touring with LV1, so you're just kind of You've got I.O. and a traditional setup, and you're just mixing a band. But this is not what you were doing. Well, Chris at, uh, you know, Chris at DPAV here in Atlanta, I was t- he knows Taylor as well. And he's like, after the last tour, I was kind of a little frustrated. I was like, I don't really want to. This sounds so dumb. You're going to love this. I was like, I don't really want to lug my LV1 around, which for, for one of the most portable consoles is such a bougie, spoiled statement. Yeah, He was like, well, let's, let's build out something for you. So he actually uh, bought a Proton. The Waves Proton, okay. which is a DSB and server in one, 32-channel yep. max, which I didn't even come close. And so we racked that up with a little I.O. and uh, a little fader bank and then a little, just a little, like, 16-inch touchscreen that we got off Amazon. Not even, like, the Dell kind uh, with a keyboard-mouse kind of combo in a 1RU rolling rack. Think, like, the old DJ uh, rolling racks, like, you know, yep. mid-waist with the slanted... Uh, place for the mixer, the Crest mixer or whatever it was back then. Yep. Totally. Uh, so I, I had all my, I had Megan's ears in there. I had PSM 1000s. I had channels of Axiant. So it was all wired all the time. And then I just had a little W1 whip to the stage for her inputs. And then Taylor has this little music box that on stage. So super easy every day because last time going in every day, three DPAs and so on and so on and so on. Uh, not knowing what the church had or different things. We were just having a sound check all afternoon. Bob didn't yeah. sound check one time. Every day I would just uh, have Taylor check his mic, and then I would just make EQ adjustments to Maria and Bob's DPAs 
just guessed, guesstimate. Based on that. Based on that. But I also carried a video switcher. So I, I was running all the all the presentation stuff, all their slides and all that stuff. So I had a little black magic little uh, ATEM in, in that rolling rack in the with the keyboard. Um, and then I would just ask for calm every day and I would call cameras and switch. Call switch. I just call switching and cameras from comms. You're calling cameras, managing graphics and playback and mixing audio all by yourself, all from the front row, basically. I literally sat in the front row. There were multiple times I was not in the coverage. <laughs> there were, there's many churches out there who need front fills. If you're one of those yes. churches that was a, but there were multiple times. There was one time I was actually physically side stage, but I carry, I have these little uh, monitors. I forgot what they are. MTMs or something like that. These tiny little guys that sound amazing uh, in my Pelican. And I would just set those up and be able to hear uh, every day. So yeah, I was a one man band, but my lo- my load in uh, and load out was um, very minimal every day. That's awesome. Well, and I would say for for our run, you know, it's been compared to other church tours that I've been a part of over the years. You know, this one has been really great in that respect as well. I mean, load in, load out is very quick. We're not carrying PA, but we are carrying subs and front fills if we need them. I cannot and, believe you went to that church that had those T's high up in the air. And we rocked it, baby. It was really... They all loved it. They all said it sounded awesome. It performed really well. And I, you know, I don't know if I don't know if it's just me sort of getting better over the years or if it's you know, I, I like to think that it's churches PAs are getting better over the years, but it really hasn't been as big of a struggle to get consistent results from day to day as I thought it would be. Um, you know, there have been a lot of really great deployments that we've had. Now there have been some that have been a little suspect that I've had to really work hard to make work. But I feel like this tour from from day to day has been uh, super consistent. And of course the guys are playing great and the songs are great. So it's from that regard, it's pretty easy to, to know what to expect. Yeah. But um, the fact that we've been able to execute as well as we have, you know, I hope people have really enjoyed it. I think I've met a lot of great folks and I've met a lot of people who are super connected to MXU as well, which is really, gratifying and you know i I really it 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 has instilled in me kind of a lot of hope for our church production community i will say though and this is something that i don't i don't mean to sound like haughty or holier than thou at all but man there are some places where people need some help like you know they know they know how to execute their stuff and they kind of have a feel for their band and what they're, you know, what they do when they push faders. But in terms of like actually having a depth of knowledge that goes beyond their little scope, yeah. Um, not to throw those guys under the bus, but I feel like there's still a lot of opportunity for people to learn um, because I got a lot of questions about what we would consider basic concepts about. EQ and compression and processing. And it was like deer in the headlights for some of these guys who just don't deal with this kind of band every day. And they, they, they want to learn more, um, but they just aren't exposed to maybe this kind of musicianship or this kind of... I mean, you got a nasty bass player out there. I, Dude, could, I could listen to Melton play all day. 
all day long. Yeah, the rest of the band, you can tell them I'm fine. Take it or leave it. That's fine. <laughs> no, but I, in general, in general, I was really encouraged. I think, um, you know, the the church production community is alive and well, and that's always good to see. Yeah, it was. I met some wonderful people. I met several people. Was really encouraging that had been in the church a long time at their yeah. particular church, and I met several people that had classic story that they had kind of grown up there and became the technical person, which I love too, because mm-hmm. it shows so much value for community and people wanting to be around. Um, I met some MXU churches as well, and most of them were like, oh, we've heard your name. You're the crazy one, or <laughs> you know, or so on and so on. So nothing of value, just more about my character. So it was great. Well, yeah. you know. So I try good. to live up to the reputation, you know. Um, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll keep you around. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I really did enjoy meeting all those churches. It, I just think we all need help. I yeah. am victim of this in seasons where I'm not traveling and mixing, or I'm just a church. I just do what's in front of me, and no right. desire to grow in knowledge. And I think that's my point: is that you know people see what's in front of them they've got their systems they've got their routine and obviously systems are super important i'm not i'm not saying that you just need to go in and totally change everything i'm just saying sometimes you need to challenge your perspective a little bit and maybe try something new maybe come up with a new workflow maybe you know try to implement a new um, even if it's something as simple as trying a new reverb or experimenting with different effects or you know doing something that is Kind of outside of your comfort zone, just to challenge yourself a little bit. This Bob to- uh, Bob Goff tour. Uh, I mean, I, I slapped Mercury. All my Mercury license is on it, uh, but I only had F two and F six. F F two is the high pass low pass. That's the high pass low pass. Yep. Um, which you can do in in F six, but I didn't for some reason. I'm just so used to on the LV one grabbing it first. That's all I had on each DPA. I, no PSE. I mean, there were days that I, that they were on thrust. In front. I I didn't want to be bored, even though I was doing multiple things. I did not want to be bored. And not hearing Bob and Maria's mic before they actually walked on stage, right? I only heard Taylor's mic that afternoon for five minutes, and I'd walk the yep. room. I kind of wanted to see if I still trusted myself. I know that sounds dumb. But because a church, I've, I've got a great file here, and uh, a lot of these corporate things, when I have the bigger full LV1 rig, I've got some great files. And so this was just, and I wanted to see what this little Proton, like the server could do, and, and so on and so on. So I just emptied all the channels out, and I just had the F6 really with the F2 at the, and I found myself, uh, sounds so dumb to say i enjoyed eqing a dpa yeah. so which is dumb let's just say that's dumb no one should enjoy eqing a dpa <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome it yeah was and it gives you it, it just gives yourself um you know it keeps you on your toes and it gives yourself something to be challenged by which is great um and then i will say there were a couple times where i heard comments about the other side of the spectrum where somebody was trying to just do something that was so complicated that they didn't really have any business doing. In other words, hey, you know, whether it was a routing thing or 
group to group to group to group processing or side chaining the bass guitar and the kick drum or whatever it is it's like um before you go down that path why don't you try to first get your source right tune your drums get your guitar player to tune his instrument i mean things like that that are just basics that we talk about all the time it's like um let's let's do that before we start doing all these gymnastics with our consoles to try to i i literally text someone this morning just it, it wasn't it it was my show file here at church specific and i said man i just want to rip out and get an analog console for a minute and just go literally start top to bottom gain down just yep. because i i self admittedly was chasing uh, a problem down and i was the problem i had woken people up like chased a problem down and i just didn't check all of the layers on the console and on and on and on and on and i was just like why is this so complicated yeah this should just be simple well there was one church we were in where it was like i had my rig set up and my console is going into their console to get to the pa so i push up you know some music for tuning and um it's like once I got to show volume, the whole PA just clamped down. It was like so much compression and no headroom at all. And I was like, okay, what's going on? So I go up to their desk and you know they had said, hey, you're just coming into these three channels, left, right, sub, you know, and uh, the processing is turned off. There's nothing going on, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that you know buried under three layers of the console, you know, hidden from anybody who's an actual operator of the desk, there's this master bus compressor that is literally, once I got it to show volume, it was slamming like 12 dB of gain reduction mm. and just, I mean, just clamped down. You could hear it pumping. It sounds like a mid-2000s uh, CD. <laughs> exactly. And so I was like, all right, guys, here's here's a lesson in gain structure. Let's go. And so we we had a few minutes to just kind of talk about, you know, what what effect this has because if you have a volunteer who doesn't know how to manage this or what's going on and they're they're not getting great results it's like you know i know that in your mind this is here as a safety valve so you don't blow up the pa but um it's you know sometimes you have to train somebody around that so that they know even what what to look for what to expect when stuff gets out of control so anyway it, it's been an interesting learning i'm I'm, I'm going to take some stuff back to our content guys at MXU, and you know, as we move forward with our content plan for the platform, you know, we're, we're really going to focus on you know some of this stuff. As I've seen a lot of local churches now in various levels of development, it's like okay, we need to, you know, our our, our content plan for 2023 is going to be impacted by this, which I'm pretty excited about. So it's cool. I uh, I think we should just teach a video on how to roll cables. That was some, some of my experiences the last couple of weeks, too. I had a couple of elbows, bro. I was like, okay. Wow. And then I had uh, someone make me a loom and uh, help me make a loom, and they use zip ties. Oh, my man, that'll, that'll hurt. That'll hurt you. That'll, that'll <laughs> kick you back. Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, anyways, yeah, it... I, I had a great two weeks, which 
a lot of people are like, are you just bored out there? You're never bored with Bob One. I don't know uh, if any of you follow me on the socials. I posted a video. It's still on Bob's socials. It's in my stories where Bob got me to wear a pinata costume on the off day. We literally <laughs> ran around town in a pinata costume. That was great. I left that tour. There's a lot, there's a lot going on in my world right now uh, with some friends and fam and all that stuff. And I left that tour even though there's a ton of stuff going on. Very hopeful because I think that you reflect what's right around you, and I was I was had multiple bad days, and mm. I I could never quite have as bad day as I wanted. If that made sense, not like yeah, uh, like self pity, like woe is me kind of days. Because I was just around some beautiful people that were always yep, like yeah, that sucks, but we're gonna we're gonna focus on this. So. Gratitude goes a long way, and uh, uh, people that can understand whatever the woe is yeah, and walk with you but also lift you is kind of magic, you know? Man, that's a good word. I think, you know, I'm very similarly, you know, I've, as you know, as you alluded to earlier, I'm old, and so the, just the rigors of the road take their toll, and then if there are external stressors, it makes it even worse. Like I've been under a lot of stress lately too. And so it is, it is important to have that sort of community family on the road that you can, you can turn to. Um, but the other thing is it, it's been interesting to me how this timing has impacted the MXU 75. So today's Palm Sunday, we're moving into the week of Easter and the end of the MXU 75. So there are a couple of things that um, I noticed about me. Do I look like a water balloon? Because that's how I feel. <laughs> You've been drinking a lot of water. Bro, that's I, good. Uh, I got a 30-ounce water thing, you know? And yeah. so I just drink three of those a day, roughly. Yeah. Sometimes three and a little bit, sometimes another bottle of water. And bro, I feel like a water bag, except this last week. <laughs> Um, I take this multivitamin that that, uh -huh. that makes me pee bright yellow. Yeah. And this week it was getting clearer. It was a soft yellow. So hey, I feel progress, like that's man. progress. I think the kidneys or whatever, who, who, whoever does that in my body is doing something good. You're getting more hydrated overall, which is great. Well, that's what I was going to say, though, is for me, I think the the water intake and the and just some of the other habits – have helped the stress be less stressful. I feel like I'm still able to sleep pretty well I'm in spite of being on a bus, and I'm still able to um, just kind of feel the effects of some of this. Now, the exercise has been a little less regular because the day is just, you know, you never know what you're going to get from day to day. So I haven't been able to, on the days that I'm on the road, I haven't been always able to exert like full force on everything. But I've tried to keep my diet pretty clean and I haven't I haven't drunk at all, which that really helps. Like for me, I've just realized through this through this run of the MXU seventy five especially, you know, and talking with Dr. Barrett and going through the programming, it's like, man, alcohol has massive effects on our physiology. And I was just for a lot of years I was just unaware. So um, part of it's getting older part of it is just the way your body processes alcohol to begin with it's just it's it's not good for me and so 
it's been a good learning. And I, so I just want to encourage everybody who's been in this with us. Home stretch this week, dig deep, celebrate, you know, share your story with us and with others. Um, I, I expect we're going to hear some great stories from people who've really been impacted again by what the MXU 75 has done. So thanks for sticking with us in that. And, you know, it's been awesome to see and to hear from a lot of people already just how impactful this has been. So cheers to you and, you know, way to go. That's awesome. I, uh, I think we all just need breakthrough mental, physical, whatever it is. Like we just got to kind of get through a barrier. And so are you about to get charismatic on me? <laughs> no, there's not a B3 up here. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. We just all need to get through whatever, whatever we need, you know, whatever walls in front of us. So that's a word, man. I'm, I really think, you know, obviously you don't have to look very far in the news these days to see a lot of darkness. And it's, you know, I really feel like those of us who are in ministry and those who are in the fight, you know, it really is a fight against way more than just flesh and blood. And I feel like there's a battle going on. And I think the only way to get that breakthrough that you're talking about is, you know, to be intentional about being on our knees and being in community and being in a brotherhood of people who are like-minded in realizing that this is a supernatural struggle in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's physical manifestations of it, and we have our own issues and all that, but man, there's, there's a battle going on, and we can't, we can't get through it without being in it together. So um, I just pray for that kind of breakthrough for everybody. I, I really, I think it's available. I think it's possible. And I really do think that if we lock arms and face it together, that it's going to happen a lot more effectively than if we just try to flounder on our own. Yeah, that's a good word. Well, I think it's time to get to our interview. So I sat down uh, a couple weeks ago with Paul Cox, who is the founder of ChurchCo and Capture Collab, and two really cool kind of software solutions for churches. Um, ChurchCo is all about you know website design and helping churches with their online presence. And then Capture Collab is a just a little utility kind of software piece to help communications and media teams kind of collate and organize their photography for their church. And I learned a lot from Paul. I can't wait for you guys to learn from him too. He's, uh, he's a guy who is just really dedicated with a heart for the church and wants to provide solutions that are practical and helpful. So let's get to it. Well, I'm really excited today to be joined by Paul Cox, who is the founder of The Church Co. and Capture Collab. So a lot of you guys probably use The Church Co. for your church's website and uh, are familiar with what they do, but we have some new things to talk about, and we just wanted to get to know Paul. Today we also have Cody Patterson, who's actually on the MXU team, but he is a user of The Church Co.'s products and is kind of in charge of our marketing and does a lot with our photography and video assets and all that. So uh, since he's a user of Capture Collab, which is the new product from the Church Co., I just figured we would all talk. And since I'm not too familiar with it, you guys can kind of fill me in on what I've been missing. So thank you for being here today. I'm excited to have this conversation. 
Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's um, great to have watched you guys from afar and finally meet you in person. So really enjoying being here. Well, speaking of watching from afar, you're actually quite afar because you're in Sydney. Is that right? Yeah, I think I'm as far as away I can get until I start coming back. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you went any farther away, it would be like two days from now instead of just one day away. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> but I can report that Tuesday that's morning funny. is great and we're all still here. So, <laughs> Oh, good. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't, hopefully I'll sleep between now and then because right now it's Monday afternoon where I am. So yeah, perfect. Um, I'd like to be able to sleep, sleep before I see Tuesday morning, but that's good. Yeah. And Cody, how are you doing, man? Pretty good. Uh, I'm not as far away, so don't have to deal with the day difference. Uh, while we're recording this, it's currently President's Day in the U.S., and so um, lots of people across the country have off, um, and others don't. But today I got to spend the time um, renovating my house, so it was nice. Nice. Well, that's good. Well, we can thank George Washington for that. He cut down a cherry tree and you're using it to refinish your cabinets. Maybe. maybe <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, Paul, why don't you tell everybody a little bit of your story? I'd love to hear kind of your church background and how you got into being interested in technology for churches in the first place and just how all of this kind of came together for you. For sure. Um, I've been part of church my entire life. I born into it, uh, you know, did Sunday school. Um, I started playing drums when I was really young. And so, you know, there'd be like a church band with this random like 10-year-old on drums. Um, <laughs> and that was kind of like my story from the beginning. And, um, you know, I went, I went through school, did uh, marching band, very involved in drums, really into Christian music. Um, and decided that I was going to move to Australia after I finished university. Um, I was got my degree in software engineering, but then I decided, you know what, I'm going to take some time. I'm okay. going to go over to Australia and do Hillsong Bible College. Um, so I did that for two years, and then um, I've kind of been here ever since. Um, so I kind of went through that program and got really involved in church and um, learned a lot. And then, you know, I ended up graduating Bible College, and there was like a role available at for the church web team and they were redoing their website at the time. And um, so I applied for that. I ended up working there and, you know, building kind of architecting and building that main website that runs like all the churches campuses globally. Um, so I learned, learned a ton um, okay. from that experience. And just like when you start to think about things from like, how does this one piece of software um, help what might be a church plant in a very small area but also help what might be a really large global organization. Like, and how can this software adapt and meet everyone's needs? It just really, you know, started me thinking down these process of church tools and kind of in, the, in a similar thing, like just we've got CD-ROMs of photos sitting everywhere and this isn't really working well. Um, I can't find the things that I need. And so all these things, are just personal experience, um, kind of like built into, you know, years later starting these companies that, um, just help churches with these day-to-day -day things that we all kind of struggle with, like, which is for the church co it's, you know, how can we have an effective website that we don't need to redo every two years. That's really easy for anyone to manage without kind of just destroying the design. Like, I don't know if you've ever given volunteer access to your website and then later you come back and everything's all over the place. Like you moved a, you know, kind of like a word document you moved a picture and then everything's gone. Like we just wanted to take at the church co we just wanted to take that stress 
off of the team. Like you should be able to have a really great website without having to be a designer. And so we kind of came in and built this tool that allows churches to just come onto our subscription, um, which we priced affordably at $29. Um, and then we just said, you know, like, we'll build the website for you. We'll make sure everything's okay. And then we'll teach you how to use it. And you can kind of take it over and it won't be a stress on you. And you won't have to like kind of find a new volunteer to manage it when they graduate and go off to uni or, or college. Um, I've been in Australia too long. <laughs> um, and so then like um, this last <laughs> so year, cool. I came back to this photo idea, which is like, for us, when we're building all these church websites, you know, we're getting Dropbox links for photos. We're getting Drive links for photos. We're getting invited to like an iCloud account. And it just, there's no way of searching things. There's like, if, if our team needs a photo of, you know, maybe your foyer and we want to use some smiling people to kind of show that you're like a really welcoming church environment, we have to just go through every single photo. Like how, and so it's like, if we're doing that, we know that internally the churches are doing that. And my experience, you know, working at church, I remember doing that. And so I was like, let's, let's revisit this idea. Let's build out a platform for housing all of the church's assets, like photos and video um, even working on some adding like design files and let's just make it tagged and indexed. So, you know, yes, you still just drop all your photos on at the end of the day, but now I can search back like Easter 2020 or Easter 2020 with Pastor John, or like I need a photo of the women's conference over the years. Um, and that becomes really quick for a graphic designer or even like a social media manager or web developer to find the photos that they need, you know, quickly and easily. Um, and that's it. Yeah. That's kind of what we've done with capture cloud capture collab. And we've, um, you know, we've had that running for about six months now and it's, it's really great to see all the churches that have come on and upload, you know, tons of photo assets and just, um, you know, the feedback we're getting from that is like, this is finally like what we were looking for. Like we've been struggling in Dropbox and drive for so long. Um, like this, you can put it on our pastor's phone and we don't have to send out a new link every Sunday. They just open the app and there it is. So yeah, that's kind of what we're doing that's and so just cool. how we can use tech to make people's lives easier and kind of with the websites, at least help people find Jesus through other people's churches. That's what we're going for. Yeah. That's so cool. So just so everybody's clear, these are two distinct and separate products. So it's not yeah. like just the photos for your website or in Capture Collab. It's like, no, this is a different thing that's for all your basically digital photo assets that your church has. It's just a way to categorize and collate and curate your photography assets that's separate from your website. Some of those photos I'm sure are part of your website, but it's it's a it's a separate thing. That's cool. I think it's neat that um, you started with like you have this background as a web developer and you went to school for development. Um, but you're creating some kind of creative products, not just technical products, um, which is really interesting to see. And I'm curious, like, obviously for the church world, there's lots of creative and technical people running websites, running, um, doing photos. And it's kind of a, like lots of people wear lots of hats. And so it's, you know, not everyone has this one, like, I, I am the web person for my church or I am the photo person for my church. And so like um, some of that comes together with, these websites. And I'm curious how your background has been able to like have that technical mindset to be able to create these things, but also have the creativity to like to build out um, websites that are geared towards people from all sorts of backgrounds, not just a technical background. 
Yeah, I think part of it comes from being a drummer, which is a really random response, I know. But like, in my mind, drumming is very kind of logical. Like it's, it's a lot of math and there's, you know, it's like how many beats can I fit into a measure, but it's also very creative. It's like, what can I do in this moment that's gonna help this service if I'm playing in church? And for me being a programmer, but also having like a graphic design background and web design background, it just kind of all comes together. And I, you pair it with my life experience having worked at like a very large church, but then kind of when I was in New York working with these big Fortune 500 companies and seeing you know, the simple things that they do to reach people to buy their products. Like, I just want to bring those things together. And it's like, if this works for selling gyms, then can we use these similar strategies to get people into church? Because I know it's a noble and great cause to get people into church. Um, and so for me, that's what it is. It's like, how can I pair what I've learned through my life experience to help get more people into church? I'm not like an amazing singer. I'm not like a good preacher. Like for what I can do well is write code. And so it comes back to that great commission or like, you know, what's in your hand for, for me and for our team at the church co and capture collab, it's building products that serve the needs of churches. Um, and that's kind of what we do. That's what we focus on. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, I think the, the art and science analogy is really kind of informative and it resonates with a lot of the people who listen to this because you know, we always say that from a production standpoint, I feel like the best audio mixers are the ones who also are musicians. You know, a lot of people who need to do something highly technical, if they understand the art of what they're doing as well, it makes for a much better operator, a much better leader, a much better technician. So whether you're, you know, a, a video uh, technician who's also responsible for telling a story via video, or whether you're a musician on stage who has to understand the gear or a person behind a console who has to understand the music. I think that that both and is such a huge component of what we all do in church, especially for small to mid-sized churches where the team is smaller and maybe they only have one technical staff or it's all volunteers or whatever. It's like, you know, the more we can kind of nurture both sides of that coin, the technical and the artistic, the better the whole team is going to be. So I love I love that you guys are helping to take some of those, just just some of the heavy lifting out of that process so that people can focus on the actual product and not not the backbone or the sort of back-end logistics and code behind the product. So Cody, you lead the photography team at your church, and it's not a it's not a mega mega church. So Talk for a minute about how these tools kind of show up in your team's regular workflow and just what it's like to use Capture Collab especially. Yeah. Well, originally I linked up with Paul and his his organization because of the Church Co. and then found out about Capture Collab. And we have a team of six total volunteers, photography volunteers, and there's usually two each weekend that that take photos. And, um, they all have different cameras and they're all, again, they're volunteers and, um, that some of them are good and some of them are like just starting out in photography. And so they're, they're working on getting better. And, um, what I've loved about capture collab is unlike Google drive, where I just create a folder and drag all my images in there, capture collab, I can tag things. And so my pastor could go in during the week 
and he could see something that's tagged for social media and he could post on social media since he runs the social media at the church. Um, or the photographers could click like their camera and see just the shots they took, or they could compare them to the shots everyone took by looking at everyone's photos. And so it's kind of neat for just for the volunteers to be able to get better to see how their photos compare to other people's photos. Um, and then to look at their, their own and just review them and, and see how they could critique themselves to get better for the next times. Um, but cool. I do love that, like in Google drive, I can't, it's a lot harder to like really organize them and find photos fast and easy or with capture club. It, it really is a collaboration. Like you go in and someone could tag something and it'd be easy for me to just search it and find it really fast. And that, that's helpful for anyone that's on our team, because instead of me having to run it all, the, the pastor could come in and he could look at it. That's cool. So it's way beyond just a storage solution. It's, it's storage, but it's exponentially more than just that. That's right. It's like every storage solution is folders. This is, a, if you think in tags, like in a folder system, a photo can only be in one folder. But with a tagging system, you could have a folder of, you know, Sunday morning, February 1st. But within that, you can have photos that are tagged, like approved for social or uh, foyer or uh, kids room. And so later you've got this like, you know, it's all, it's all about thinking back on the photo library and saying, okay, I really need to post a photo about kids ministry. What do we have? And instead of going through every folder for every Sunday and saying like, let's try to find a thing of kids, I can just search kids. And then like all the kids ministry photos might show up, things like that. You can do that for any tag that you create. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, the, the whole tagging system is, is perfect. And um, I'm curious like, again, going back to your background, what caused you to, what, was it the experience at your church that caused you to like say, Hey, this, this could be beneficial for other churches because you saw like there was a downside to what you, besides just the website process of building um, the church co and trying to import everyone's images. And they're always, they're having to share like their iCloud account or do different weird things. But like, um, what caused you to be like, Hey, this, this could actually be helpful for volunteer teams and team leaders and pastors to like to get all on board on one system. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll share the original story. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, so I got tasked when I was working at church, I got tasked with writing a blog post for the website. See, these things are always connected, um, about a specific moment in a specific conference that we had done for 20 years. So there's like a very specific uh, moment that we wanted to highlight, like this moment over 20 years, right? And I was like, that's great. I can write this blog post. Not going to be a problem. Uh, where do we find the photos? And so they, they walked over with one of those uh, CD-ROMs that you used to have in the 90s in the back of your car, or at least I did, <laughs> um, where it was just CD-ROM book, like 100 CD-ROMs, and none of them were labeled. And they're like, oh yeah, here they are. Oh. And I was like, so what, like, what would be a three-minute task, especially now with like chat GTP, like, uh, like what would be like a three-minute task is like becoming a week's task because I'm like, put this CD-ROM in. Are these the photos? No. Great. Next one. Um, and about halfway through, I think I bailed on the blog and I was like, I'm going to build an image system and like upload these CD-ROMs to it. <laughs> and then at the end of it, I'm going to search for the photos that I need for this blog post. Um, and I got permission from my bosses to do that. And, um, you know, I, I did this thing and we rolled it out at the next conference and 
Yeah, it was like instant success. And, um, you know, at the end of that conference, it was like we made these live feeds of, of photos. And so we could put those on people, the guest speakers' phones. And so like they would come in and they would have access to their photo library just for the week of the conference. And then their access would be removed after that. Um, and, you know, it just, it just kept snowballing. And as like these pastors were using it, it was like, what is the system? Like, can we use this for our church? And I'm like, okay, like this should be a thing. Unfortunately, I wanted to build it into a thing at that time, but like there wasn't time, you know, with the normal work schedules and all that. So I kind of, you know, put it on the back burner and didn't think about it again until, yeah, last year when I was like, you know what, it's time. <laughs> I want to do this. I've always loved this, this idea. I really want it to be a thing. And I already know that churches really want it because when we did it in the past, like everyone used it and everyone was asking to use it when they were guest speaking. So I was like, I think this is going to be something that'll be good for churches. And I know it just solves, I felt the pain myself. Um, and I was like, I know if I'm feeling this pain, other churches are feeling this pain as well. And I know that this is a good solution for it. That is so cool. From the personal experience side of things, um, because I, I do have like at my church, I come from the photography side of things and uploading images and um I've also shared responsibility of the social media side of things and having to post. And um, wh what I did in the past was I would edit all the photos that I thought were only good for social media. And then I'd create a folder in Google drive and put for social media. And then I'd create another folder that was like just of the sermon. So like pic pictures of the pastor speaking. Cause I was like, I know that he's going to want that for his thumbnail on YouTube. Um, and so it was just kind of this complicated system of like, here's some photos for social, here's a photo, here's some photos for sermon, um, share that Google drive folder with my pastor. And, uh, but none of that was tagged. So I couldn't like search within that. I had to remember what Sunday did, did this photo happen or take place. Mm -hmm. And after we had 150 photos each Sunday that were good photos in those folders, that just becomes like it's so cumbersome to go back a year and like look for the, the tech photo booth that has a really good picture of pro presenter in use. Yeah. And so it's like doing that sort of thing where like, I want to find a certain volunteer um, like my volunteers doing certain things or say, Hey, volunteer, like operating something. So I could go back when we do a volunteer dinner and like search for all my volunteers and pull pictures of all my volunteers. That's very difficult to do in Google drive. Cause like I had to go through and go through each Sunday, look through every single photo and download a photo of my volunteers. Yeah. But with Capture Collab, I could go in and I could tag that photo volunteer. So I yeah. know that there was a volunteer doing something in that photo, which is so much simpler than when I go back for our volunteer dinner or whatever. And I want to do a photo show of all my volunteers together. Well, because with the old yeah. system, heaven forbid you actually have a new volunteer come in and have to train them on how to manage this system of files and folders. It's like, well, yeah. there's, there's no way that's going to make sense to somebody who hasn't been there sort of the whole time. So yep. even as a new onboarding modality, it's like as, as a way for a new person to get up to speed quickly on how this thing works. It's like, man, this, this new ecosystem makes so much more sense. That's kind of huge for our users too, the MXU subscribers and tribe is that a lot of them, um, they're bringing on new volunteers for their teams and they're trying to figure out how, how do I bring on a new volunteer and make sure that it's a healthy process and that people aren't left behind that they, a process that is part of everything doesn't get forgotten. And then at some point, like we have this expectation that they know what to do, but they don't know what to do. And that's where like simple processes like this for not even expensive amount of money per month 
are super helpful for a church because like they make it easier for the, the leader to then train someone on. And then the volunteer or the staff member that doesn't, that isn't like, that isn't their focus. That isn't their role to come alongside and, and learn fast and not have to like be afraid of some new tool that's like complicated or, um, but they don't know about. That's cool. One of the things with the tagging is um, like, if you are a photographer that uses Lightroom to edit or any of the other like editing products is they, they have an option to add tags in your metadata within Lightroom. And so what you can do just to ensure everything, you know, is going up, like you said, you, you would edit a batch for social media. Like you can, you can add those tags in Lightroom. And then when you upload them to Capture Collab, they're already categorized. Like, so you never have to go, like we have a thing called a batch editor, which is like, if you really want to go back in and fine tune, like my pastor's holding a Bible, like you can go and be like, you know, click, 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 um, pastor the, like Pastor John Bible. And it will like immediately tag all of those photos. Um, but one of the other ways that we've seen like larger teams do it is actually add the tags in Lightroom. Um, when you go to upload, it just says, you know, what's the album, which is like, what's the event for a church? It's, you know, it's Sunday, February 1st. And then it's like, um, you know, what are any generic tags? Like, well, maybe it's Easter. So let's tag Easter. Um, and then they just drop all the photos on the uploader and like walk away. And when, when those finish uploading, it's taken all the tags off of Lightroom. It's taken the album and categories that you put on in the upload and you're kind of done. Um, and at that point, anyone that you've invited access to have access to the photo stream, um, you know, they, all they have to do is kind of open it and the latest photos are right on top. Um, and so it's just like really simplifying. Like, I think all the tools that we've worked on, like ChurchCo and Capture Collab, like we're just trying to simplify everyone's process so that they can focus more on pastoring their people and we can like take out these headaches. Like we're just, we're aiming for like a headache-free church, <laughs> at least when it comes to tech. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Well, the whole thing I'm thinking right now is that we need to have uh, Capture Collab at MXU for our team so that we can each have access to our internal assets so that I don't have to spend 30 minutes looking for that one photo of that one event from nine months ago yeah. that I keep wondering how it's tagged or categorized. It's like, Cody, you need to yeah. get on that so that we can have it to use for our <laughs> time <right>. internally. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, I don't see, I don't know why sometimes uh, we uh, do the, do the hard thing when we could do the easy thing for, that's right. Twenty nine dollars, thirty dollars, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. pretty affordably. <laughs> That's great. It's a, it makes a lot of sense as far as like production teams as well, right? Because I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many people tour or do things like that. But if you think in the context of like a tour where you've got like this is the you know USA tour, you know spring tour, whatever, um, and you've got you know a nightly event each night, like you can create like these new albums for each location. Like I'm in Louisville or I'm in Orlando. And you drop the photos on, you tag the band members, you tag, and you've got like, like that's how we used to feed photos back to our main comms team without having to like create new drives every night. It was just like, we would get all these local photographers coming out to an event. They would drop on our system. It would feed back to our comms team and like the global comms team could then just like post on social media. So it was yeah. like giving instant access to these things. Like it's, it's really like, I mean, it is a photo archiving tool, but it works so well in a live setting. Um, yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think, you know, we've talked a lot on other episodes of this podcast about the synergy that's required nowadays between worship and production and communications. And I think, you know, the way I could see this helping, you know, not just in the way we interact, but just 
in the actual way that we collaborate and cooperate and work together and act as one team like between production and comms it's like this this is a game changer i i love it this this is very very cool yeah and with with all of that in mind like you can invite someone from your team to to view a library and so if you were on tour and you wanted everyone that was on production, creative and worship team, whatever you're doing to post on their own social media about the tour, like post a photo, you could share the photo and everyone on the team could have access, not just the creative people. And so that would be an easy way for everyone to stay involved and be, and like be like, hey, we all want everyone to go sh- share these photos, pick some photos from the weekend, share it on your own social media, on your stories, whatever. And like, it's a very great, great way for all the teams to collaborate together. I love it. If you really want to get nerdy into that feature, like the the views feature is really like this is where I start to really show that I'm a software engineer <laughs> and get like super nerdy. But like what you can do, one of the features we have is called views. And so like while you're the admin, right, and or the owner of the account, like you can see every photo that's in the system. But if you wanted to scope that down, you can create these live photo streams based on a set number of tags. Like say it is a tour, you could say like, okay, we're going to tag every photo on this tour with like, you know, USA tour 2023. And then we want to invite people that are on that tour to just have access to our global library, but only photos that have that tag. Um, and we want this, um, that access to expire, you know, like a month after tour or something like those are like the really advanced features that become really powerful or, or like even a lot of the churches that own, like have a daycare that meets there during the week. If, you know, because you really have to be sensitive about photos that have children in them. Um, like what you can do is you can say like, okay, well, let's scope this down to any photos that are tagged. My daughter's named Nora. So let's focus, scope this down to any photos that are tagged daycare and Nora and let's invite Paul and my wife, Claire to just have access to those. So like, you know, during the day, I can see all the photos that Nora's in, but I can't see anything else. Um, and I think that's really important. I think a lot of churches kind of forget this at times. And then we just, you know, blast out these Dropbox links that are now public for forever. Um, and I think it's worth keeping in mind, like a public link is a public link and like shareable access that you can revoke later is always a good thing. <laughs> that's really good. That's cool. So for people who are intrigued and maybe use the product already, um, are there any, uh, I don't want you to let any cats out of bags, but are there any sort of features forthcoming that you could maybe tease a little bit for people who are current users to go, Hey, be on the lookout because in a few months you're going to be also be able to do this or that. Yeah. We're really working to get uh, more support for different raw photos so that this becomes like a full backup. That's actually better than a hard drive. We've, we support it, uh, the most common ones, but we're looking to support um, more. Like you can upload them now, but what we want to do is make sure that there's still a beautiful gallery. So we're on upload of a raw file. We want to make a smaller JPEG that you can now browse. But then if you want to download the original, you can download the original raw file. So that that's one thing that we've rolled out some support for, but we're going to expand on. Um, we want to roll out, we support um, video at the moment up until 100 megs. So it's more mostly clips at the moment, but we're looking to roll out larger form video um, I'm not sure that like hosting your entire sermon would be the best option, but <laughs> I think um, clips and things like that that you might use or B-roll for videographers that is tagged and categorized like, hey, I need a photo of people in the street, like, but I need high, like I need it to be 4K. Like, 
So we're looking to roll out that. And then another one that is uh, something that people have been requesting that we're looking at is just like in general, all design assets. So think um, I need a logo. I want to, you know, just type in logo. Um, and then I want to choose which way I want to down that. Like maybe it's the Illustrator file or like an EPS version. Um, so like rolling out those other specific file types, like Photoshop files for graphic designers, like anything like that. I think eventually we will be supporting kind of any type of file that you want to upload, audio, um, files, text files, anything, PDFs. Um, but we're just doing it in phases at the moment. But ideally, I think this will become a really, like if you're working in a team and you're sharing assets, like final assets, um, I think this will become a better solution than something like a drive or a Dropbox. That's awesome. So Paul, I know that you've piqued the interest of a lot of our listeners. Uh, so you mentioned that it's affordable and we heard the number 29 kind of rolling around. So talk to us about pricing. Like what is the cost of Capture Collab? Yeah, it's, so it's $29 a month. Um, and it, that, that includes uh, two terabytes of storage, which so far we haven't had anyone get anywhere close to that limit, uh, which is nice. Um, and if you ever go over, we do offer um, additional um, terabytes uh, for $19. Um, yeah, so it, we've had people upload you know, every single weekend at this point, and I don't think anyone has more than 100 gigs in the system. So two terabytes is pretty much gonna last you a lifetime. Um, and so, yeah, we're doing $29 a month, but happy to, um, you know, do a discount for all of the MXU listeners. Um, like if you put in the promo code MXU10, you will get uh, 10% off of that um, for your first year with us. So we kind of like love what you guys are doing and um, all that you're doing in the production space and, and all of the spaces really for church. And so, yeah, if we can offer that uh, to you guys to get started and we'd love to do that. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you filling us in on all of this today. Um, anytime I come across a solution that was born out of a specific need that a church had, and now it's helping to meet needs at a lot of churches, that's really close to my heart. You know, I, I was around the guys who created the first version of ProPresenter because it needed to fit a need for the church and the events that I was a part of, and now it's all over the world. And so for you to do what you did at Hillsong and figure out this need for this particular community and now it's influencing thousands of churches, that's incredible as well. So um, I love that we get to partner on that same mission and really helping the Big C Church grow and continue to just get better and be better resourced and to collaborate better and to build healthier teams. Like that is so much what we're all about. And so to have you guys kind of partnering with us in this is awesome. And I just appreciate your time today. I think people are going to learn a lot and are going to hopefully find this to be a super useful tool. So thanks for being here today, Cody. Thank you for being here as well. I love the fact that our marketing team gets to be on the podcast. It's like, we're, we're collaborating too. It's great. Yep. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great to meet you guys and just chat all things church. I love it. Well, that was great. I loved hearing from Paul and Cody. And, um, you know, if you haven't checked out their stuff yet, I think it can be a great solution for a lot of churches. But Jay, before we go, before I let you go, I think it would be remiss if we didn't talk about waves this week. Ha! So, Man, the internet blew up. <laughs> like, everyone, let's, let's just calm down. Everyone calm down, okay? 
Everybody knows I'm a Waves user. I love Waves products. I'm a Waves live artist. I've had a long-standing relationship with Waves. And I found myself scratching my head about their decision to go subscription only. And I was, as much as I love Waves, I was frustrated. So I can't imagine the, I mean, all you, you go to any of their social channels sure, and it yeah. was just explosive. I'm I'm really only on Facebook so I can see what my dad's up to because he's like having a yeah. college kid and he posts everything <laughs> on Facebook. But I'm on all those waves uh, chat groups. And I mean, it was wild. I understand everyone's frustration. And hear me say, I love that they've come back around and listened to the people. Well, that's the thing. They did the right thing. They there is a great way for them to have both subscription and perpetual licenses. And I think for those of us who've literally invested tens of thousands of dollars into their products, it's the only right solution is to continue to support those folks with the upgrade plan and, you know, for the traditional sort of way that we've used their products in the past. And so I think they're doing the right thing and cheers to waves and all of our friends there and our partners uh, for listening to their customers. Man, and there was some Wave stuff on sale, though. Man, 24 you hours. You you could have bought anything. Hardware, software, it was all up for grabs. But I will say, like, I'm with you. They did listen. Uh, they have not asked for my opinion, because why would they? Uh, but I appreciate them listening on this end of it. And I think they learned a valuable lesson. First off, they're Israeli, God's chosen people, so... We don't want to fight them. They'll win. Um, but they took a they took a hard lesson on communication. They have a loyal fan base. And yeah. so communicating that was great. But anyways, that was I think it's a victory for our whole industry. They were just the ones that learned the hard lesson. And I'm I am grateful that they listened. So I agree. They're gonna be okay. Oh, they did gonna, the right yeah, thing. They're gonna so, be fine. Yeah. I did mention they're God's chosen plugins. I mean, people, <laughs> hey, I know this is uh, uh, another thing I was just thinking about. This is not the time, and, and I know that a lot of people that listen to this podcast are praying for Stephen Bailey and his family, but yes. w- we should have him on at some point so he can bore us to death with this prodigy direct out tracks rig he's built out there on the Tomlin thing, because it, it is just unnecessary, Stephen, stop. It. No, I'm kidding. It's, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty intense it's pretty and awesome. Yeah. For what it's, he is wanting awesome. to do, it's pretty awesome. But we should hear him out, and then we That's should a good just idea. then we should just get the headphone jack and put click on one side and the track on the other side and see how <laughs> Old it goes. School, baby. Yeah. All it. right. Well, I'll work on getting him sorted for that, and we'll definitely have that conversation. But meanwhile, happy Easter, everybody! Can't wait to connect with you in person and. Uh, you know, I promise we're going to have an update on the MXU Live event for 2023. It's very coming. It's we're, coming. We're in the final stages of finalizing all the details. Pool party. I'm just I'm kidding. Pool I'm sorry. party at Jay's house. <laughs> hey, but seriously, it's it's uh we're between Palm Sunday and Easter. Check on your team. Check on your friends that are in the same line of work. This is like you know another one of our Super Bowl eras. So. We're all slammed. We're all answering to a lot of captains. So check on each other. Check on that tech director at the church down the street. Let's just take care of each other in this season. That's great. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Love you, Jay. Thanks for being Love here. Love you too, bro. See you.